Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Jeff, I just, just because I didn't, I didn't hear this yesterday, I just, what was your initial reaction to the changes in the front office? We were just a little. Or not in the front office, on the coaching staff. We were a little surprised. You know, you went 11 and 6. Andy, you never you never know what goes on behind the scenes. You don't know what you know what relationships are like. You don't know who's doing what. Right. Like I I can't tell you what Alex Van Pelt does as offensive coordinator. And, and again, we've only heard reports okay, about Alex Van Pelt um, or the other guys. Not, nothing official from the Browns, but you don't know how much he's doing. I, Kevin Stefanski is calling plays. Does Alex just hand him? You know, here's our game plan. I don't know. Or did Kevin just say? I don't know. Do you think that? I don't think that. I think Kevin has a lot to do with it. I would think so, too. Just based on what we've heard. I would think so, too. So that would make, wouldn't that make Kevin the main offensive coordinator? I I don't know. When when you have one guy calling the plays and the other guy the offensive coordinator, the the way that things get split up, I would think varies from team to team. You know, we had Josh Booty on with us yesterday. And I said, what what about a head coach who's calling plays? And he said, that guy's a really special guy if, if you've got a guy who can do that. We asked him about, you know, you've been in situations where there was an offensive coordinator, but the head coach is calling the plays. How's that work? And even, and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't think Josh had a real good feel for it. Didn't it, Didn't you get that impression? No, I don't think he really did either. You're right. So, I, I so there's, it's, it's, it's fuzzy. Do you think there's a part of this is Kevin saying, I'm not going to call plays anymore? Yeah, I think that could be part of it. But it does seem like everything should be on the table as they evaluate what they're doing. Now, whether they actually do that or not, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I think I would be – I mean, if you were an offensive coordinator who wasn't calling plays, I would be like, okay, this is where I'm going to cut my teeth and then I'm going to go find a place where I can call plays. Because that, that seems to be the natural progression – and then to be head yeah. coach, like I, it always stuck with me. I, I mean, if was, you're Alex Van Pelt, wouldn't you want to be an offensive coordinator who calls plays? Yes. Yeah. Especially a guy that played quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get the opportunity. He said he really enjoyed his time here, and it's on right. to the next one. Well, he's been with five different NFL teams. Those guys are vagabonds. Who on to the next one? That means he's going to be on Bill Belichick's staff. Well, the, the those guys the, are vagabonds, man. I, I mean, they they live a lifestyle that most people wouldn't want to live. I would think. No, I I don't know. I, they, you talk about no life. Kevin Stefanski is the rare guy. He was with the Vikings for 14 years, and now he's been with the Browns. That's two teams, and he's been coaching in the NFL for four or 18 years. That's rare. Um, I I always remember Jim Trestle once said, you know, about him calling plays. He, he'd be like, well, what else am I supposed to do? 
or he said something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, okay, I kind of get it. I, I just I wonder, you know, when you look at head coaches, do you want a head coach that's trying to keep a a big picture view of what's going on, or do you want a head coach that's going to call plays on offense or call plays on defense? Well, well, I mean, what well, I wonder what the perfect scenario is there, or the head coach that says. Hey, it's third down and six, and we're hot right now. I want a passing play here, and then all of a sudden, the coordinator, you know, yeah. inputs a passing play. Like that head coach has got to be able to implement. Hey, I don't think we should blitz here, or we should blitz here, or or it's just say no blitz here. You know, and that's I, I don't understand how. You know, I, I guess it depends on the coach. Let's be honest. Like when you think of Bill Belichick, you think of him overseeing everything, don't you? Yeah, but as far as we know, Bill's not calling offensive plays. No, I know. Yeah, you know? And, but you don't think he's and, calling defensive plays? Andy Reid is calling offensive plays. Kyle Shanahan. Mike McDaniel was. Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of Mike thankless. McCarthy. I, I actually LaFleur. think. Uh, um, Mike LaFleur. Being an offensive coordinator Matt doesn't LaFleur. call your. Uh, an offensive coordinator who doesn't call your own plays is very much just like. Being a producer who doesn't get to execute every, or a great cook is probably the better way to put it. Being a great cook that makes a lot of times makes great food, but never gets to eat. Be the sous chef. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess I just I don't. I look at this and you know I'm still curious what your reaction is. Does this give you concern in Berea for what's going on, or that they felt like after 11 wins that they needed to shake things up in Berea? Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. I think the latter thing that you just said is what it is, Andy. Just to shake I, it up? No, to elevate it. I, I can only think that, that the, the thinking here is this. We went 11-6. and six. We think we need some different thoughts to move this further down the road. And, and I'm sure, just in my gut, that it's based around your quarterback. You know, and, and that doesn't mean that Alex Van Pelt and Deshaun Watson didn't get along. They might have gotten along great. I don't I don't know about their relationship. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thinking is we need to get a guy who can tailor an offense more around Deshaun, who might be more familiar with that style of football. That's all I can think of. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, why would you move on from an offensive coordinator who helped you win 11 games while you're starting five quarterbacks? Seriously. I mean, Andy, Andy, that's pretty impressive. Well, what was I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, just because I I just didn't get a chance to look it up. I thought I heard this yesterday. That isn't um, Deshaun's offensive coordinator that he had in Houston, Houston available. available Tim, well, yeah. Tim Kelly was that's in right. in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel. Right. Bill O'Brien's also available. Bill O'Brien was in New England last year. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe they've got these guys on the hook. And they know this is going to happen, so they've decided. Kellen to Moore was with the Chargers last year after being in Dallas. Highly thought of young offensive mind. I mean, there there are clearly some guys out there who have who have some kind of a of a resume, and some Andy, as you just mentioned, have with a contacts to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Does that mean Does that mean you have to go bring that guy in? No, not at all. But if you think it's going to make your offense better going into next year, then why wouldn't you do what it? I, what I think is interesting. If you feel like you can upgrade. that's uh, Yeah. So, like, I think we're in this really weird period, too, because the Browns haven't actually said Alex Van Pelt is out. They said he's still under contract. Uh, Brown spokesperson told, this is in Trotter's story yesterday, uh, remains under contract and no final decisions yet. Well, if you know you've got your guy and you're ready to bring him in, 
then why wouldn't you? But you don't you do you need to interview? Is there Rooney Rule complications here with some of the stuff that's going on? I, I you know when you look at at what's going on as far as trying to make sure that there's you know a fair and equal chance for these jobs, that's another issue that that comes into play on this stuff. It's true. If they want to hire somebody, they're going to hire them. Period. Yeah, I, I, but doesn't that like again? We're in that like okay, this happened. Excuse me, this happened yesterday. <coughs> this happened yesterday, and so maybe they they know where they want to go with this thing, and so we're just in this limbo. Well, period. you're not gonna you're gonna not gonna you're not gonna get rid of somebody. I would think, unless you have a real good unless you're just completely disheartened by their performance, unless you know who you might be bringing in. You know? I don't I mean, know. We watched I, the Browns going through an entire coaching process with Mike Pettin where they thought they knew where they were going and they didn't get – that's the only reason why I look back. Well, that and, was a different time. No, I know, but that happens every once in a while. And so the sometimes – you know, who were we talking about? You're going to let a co- – this was two days ago. We were talking about somebody. They're like, hey, you're going to let a coach go? Okay. Who are you going to replace them with? Yeah. All right. Well, did you have somebody in line who you thought could win you 12 games next year? Get you into the playoffs? You didn't? Well, then why would you move on from Mike McCarthy? I, I think Ohio State is a place where we've been talking about that a lot, too, with Ryan Day, where you're like, okay, who are you replacing him with? That's the question. Dude, dude runs a top-five program every year. He's, you know, they're highly ranked. I bring that up because Bill and Parma's on the line. I'm sure he's going to pound his chest here about Missouri. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hello, Bill. Hey, uh, Andy, you're right. I was. How'd you know that? Um, I just haven't heard you say it. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the bowl. Well, we, we need to talk about barbecue. Um you know, Kansas City barbecue is the best. Um, have you ever eaten at Great Ignatius and Gravoy Mills, Missouri? I have not. I've done Gates. There's a couple other places we used to go to when we would uh, we were have traveling ever, with the Indians. Arthur Bryant's, you know, that place like that. But Grady Nash was an interesting one. The barbecue sauce looked like uh, engine oil. Ooh. And, uh, and yellow, oh, Andy, it was, I swear you could Bill, I got to tell you, it's weird. Before you get back into football, I have this weird deal now. I don't know if you guys know this, but. Sometimes when I have barbecue sauce or ketchup or something, I start sweating profusely from the top of my head. I think it's an age thing, or it has something to do with the vinegar. Just saying. All right, we got to move I, forward. Talk football, my yeah, friend. Yeah, understand. Uh, you know, I I think at some level, I think we're uh, going around the circle of uh, this is Stefanski's issue. I mean, Stump Mitchell, you're going to get some guy uh, first time being a running backs coach to take the place of Stump. Uh, you don't think Deuce, that Deuce Staley him? has experience if they end up hiring him. How much? Tons. He was an associate head coach as well in Carolina. Well, that, that's good. Uh, I think, you know, we don't think that Alex Van Pelt could look at tape and come up with an offense that suits Watson. I mean, this isn't rocket science. I mean, you can look at a tape of, uh, the, of, of Houston when he played with them, and they were wide open. Bill, I, I'm not going to justify anything. I, I don't know the inner workings of how they hired and fired guys. All you got to yeah. do is look at, and, and this is all I think, all you do is look at the resumes of most NFL assistant coaches, and they're on their fourth, fifth, sixth teams. You know, I I don't get it. It's it's fascinating to me. Guys don't stay in one place in that league very long. Kevin Stefanski is so rare with all that time he spent in Minnesota, it's ridiculous. Well, and Sometimes that, you just shake it up. Well, and you're right, Jeff. I think the question that I have is, what will constitute – Stefanski failing. And I haven't heard what that is. I, to me, is, I think he's got to win in the first round next year. Don't you? 
That's just me today. I might change my mind in a month. But how, uh, how many more years do we have, Watson? He's under contract for three more. Three more years. Yeah, I think uh, I think next year they have to win in the first uh, first round. And you know, we get, he's got the clock is ticking. So you know, uh, I, I wonder how, what how much longer he's going to be here because this is his offense. Last year was his offense. And it's going to be his offense going forward. Thanks, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bill. Appreciate it, Bill. Quality conversation right there. Love talking to Bill. All right, we're going to bring in Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network. Maybe he can make heads or tails of what's going on with the Browns right now, especially with the shakeup in the front office. Again, we could just be in a limbo period where they know where they want to bring in, and they're like, you know what, we felt like we upgraded at both these positions. I, I, the other one that was interesting to me was uh, was the tight ends coach, uh, T.C. McCartney. Like, they let him go. I, I'm like, I don't know him at all. But I also know the tight ends had a pretty successful season. But he was at the end of his contract, too, and so maybe they just wanted to turn the page. Well, Stump wasn't. Neither was no. neither was Van Pelt. They they made moves there. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's bring Andrew Siciliano next, right here, Baskin and Phelps. Let's get some perspective from super friend of the show from the NFL Network. He is Andrew Siciliano and NFL.com. and he is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Hello, Andrew. Guys, what do we do with all these middle infielders? What do you think of the Cody Morris move? You know, that's a great question because we've talked about that zero can on Flory, this show. Can Florial hit? I mean, how many first basemen do you need now? As many as you well, need middle add, infielders. If they add a safety bag, you might need two. Outfielders who yeah. can hit are overrated. They are. They are. And I mean, you can't overuse the bullpen the first two months of the season. That would just fall apart down the stretch. Oscar Gonzalez is available again, Andrew. I know. How are you not at MLB Network too? What's going on, man? We gotta, we gotta get oh, you get your agent on the I stick. Conversation, man. I had this conversation with a dear friend last night who, um, who is like truly a baseball geek, and and when they start going, um, I'm like, wow, I don't know what you're talking about. Like those names you're talking about, I don't know what you're talking about because, you know, I myopically watch the Guardians and and then usually the Dodgers maybe later that I. Because I'm out here, but uh, yeah, no, I couldn't do that. I, I, You're immersed in, in football. Year, I, immersed in, in football. In a year, yeah, I could maybe get back into it, but like, there's so much. Yeah, whatever. I'm happy where I am. How about that? Joe Buck said the same thing. Actually, he said, you know, about getting back into doing baseball. He said, yeah. I've I've been out of it for like a year or two or whatever. And you it was. feel like you're a thousand miles yeah, away. And he said, I I, I don't even know who away. these guys are. Yeah, it doesn't take well, very not, long. Not not to get off on too much of a tangent here, but um, because you know the average person in their car is probably going, I have a real job. You, know, you guys are going to complain about doing yours. You talk about sports. But it is really hard for people like yourselves to do daily talk shows where you have to know a little bit about everything and you have to come in with an opinion every day. Like who won the golf tournament on Sunday? I, you know what? There are a lot of golf tournaments. I am sitting out. I couldn't care less. Right. But if you're right. doing local radio or national radio or any radio where you have to have an opinion every day where you come in, you, that, that's not acceptable to say I, I couldn't care less. But beyond that, guys like Tariko, Joe, Ian Eagle, guys that can, uh, Dave Pash fluently, speak multiple sports and, and not have any of those little tells that they're not total insiders in the world in which they're calling a game. Those guys, those guys are amazing because it is really hard to, to fluently speak every sport 
as a broadcaster. I will say this, and because uh, I want to get on football, Andrew, when you would fill in for Rome, I was always blown away. I always thought you did a really, really good job. Just so you know that. Thank you. you I, need to... I appreciate that. Yeah. But that was a long, long time ago in which that was like your world, right? Right. Where where you're thinking, okay, I got to know something about everything. Like I am coming home and I am watching any and everything and reading any and everything 24 hours a day. Whereas now I'm myopic to football. I'm very fortunate in that, in that regard. And, and the other stuff, a lot of it falls through the cracks. Like I'll turn on a W, uh, uh, not a W, an NBA or WNBA game for that matter. I'm like, sure. I've never heard of these people. Like who are these people? And then you get up to speed, and if you just put a little heart into it, you can figure it out after a little while. All right, let's get – Sure, as I said, we're, we're not digging ditches. No, that is for that is 100% for true. All right, so, Andrew, let's talk about the Browns. They made a couple moves, although they're not official, but uh, Van Pelt uh, out. They're looking for a new offensive coordinator right now. Um, and then they also decided to, to part ways with Stump Mitchell, according to reports, because the Browns haven't made it official. What, what do you think is going on with the Browns? Um, a, a little surprising here, but you know, I, I do think in the grand scheme of things, it's about maximizing um, what you have there to Sean and 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 trying to take the offense to the next level. I, I think Alex Rampel gets all the all the credit in the world, uh, as does everyone on the offensive staff, uh, to get where they got, considering all the injuries that they had. You lost your quarter. I mean, you don't need to list the injuries, but you know, when I hear the Dolphins or other teams complaining about injuries, yes, they're legitimate, but how many other teams lost the quarterback, the running back, all the offensive tackles, not an offensive tackle, all of the offensive tackles, um, and still did what they did offensively. I think it's about moving forward, evolving, and whether it's in the RPO, the RPO game, the run game, whatever it is, a fresh look at the offense to take it to the next level. Because when it comes to quarterback contracts, and I know you guys have talked about this a thousand different ways, um, the Browns have Deshaun and they're not going anywhere with him. It's simply what it is. I mean, a lot of a lot of contracts, huge money contracts, especially for quarterbacks or any position, after year three, which is what this is now. Um, actually, this is heading into year three, I beg your pardon. Um, you, you would be able to get out after year three. Um, that's not the case. That, that, that's simply not the case with this deal. So you're in it for the long haul. Um, do your best to get it right. And tweaking, switching, bringing in a fresh set of eyes. I, I, I agree with you, Andrew. That That's what we thought. Okay. Clearly, Van Pelt and Stefanski worked because you won 11 games with five different starting quarterbacks. Well done. Sure. That, but yes, if you want exactly. to take it to the next level, they must think they need to tweak it a little bit. Uh, and and that's the only thing that I can say and the only thing that maybe I've been able to, to glean from, from some conversations. Um, you know, if you go back and you look at the positives from the Houston game, and I'm sure you guys have gone over this, but let's not forget, you know, before that interception early third quarter after they first the forced the, uh, the four and out, um, in the third quarter, you know, if they go in there, it's a three-point game, and maybe we look at this differently. Unlikely, sure. but maybe we do. Um, the shovel pass in the uh, the shovel pass for the touchdown to Kareem, uh, the long play to Harrison Bryant, where you line up triple tight right, and then it, it's Harrison Bryant running the deep over. I, I mean, those those plays show you that. This offense and this play design, like this group was pretty damn good at what it did, right? Those play calls, Kevin Stefanski was in his bag there. Um, and I think there's a lot more of that. And remember, look, 12 months ago, we're sitting here pounding the drum again. Well, I'm not. 
but others are. Why aren't you giving up play calling? I mean, how many times does he have to answer that during the offseason? Right. Um, I, I don't think he needs to give up play calling. I mean, you want to go back and, and you know, I saw Mary Kay hint at that. Well, that maybe if they bring in another OC, sure, I think anything is open to conversation, right? When you interview people, you, you want to listen to their ideas and truly be open to change, sure. Um, I'd be surprised if he gave it up. I don't know that he needs to. Um, um, I'm just going there only because I saw it in, 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 in her article yesterday. We had Josh Booty on our show yesterday, and Josh mm-hmm. played Major League Baseball and then played in the NFL, was with the Browns, and kicked around for a bunch of different teams. I and, called a Josh Booty uh, New York Penn League single-A game, I believe. Nice. Very nice. Three. Yeah. Good yeah, for yeah, you. 94? Yeah. 94, yeah. Anyway. We asked Josh, I'm sure you've been in situations where your head coach called plays, but you had an offensive coordinator. How does that work? And, and Andrew, to be honest – he didn't have a real specific force because, you know, it can vary from, from place to place or whatever. Do you have a feel for how that works in, in different uh, situations? Because sure. How's that go? Well, I mean, look, we have it here at the Rams. Sean McVay has cycled through how many different offensive coordinators, um, and he will always call plays on game day. The only times he, he does not is, let's say, for example, week 18 this year when the Rams were out of it and all that was up. Uh, uh, for question was seeding against the 49ers. Mike LaFleur, his OC, called plays against the 49ers. Um, Mike LaFleur, obviously, the, the play caller the last couple of years with Robert Sala in New York with the Jets, so he has experience. Um, before that, the play callers have, inc- I'm sorry, the offensive coordinators have included Matt LaFleur didn't actually call plays. Greg Olson didn't actually call plays. Shane Waldron, offensive coordinator now in Seattle, and he does call plays, and he's well-respected, didn't call plays here. None of Sean McVay's play uh, offensive coordinators since he got here in 2017 called plays. It is a collaborative effort. They, uh, Sean comes, they all come up with a game plan. Uh, the OC kind of runs the practice in that regard and does the install and runs a lot of the meetings. Sean's in there when he needs to be in there, and when he's not over you know, managing the entire operation, then he calls plays on game day. That's how it works. And by the way, all his OCs keep leaving for other jobs, head coaching jobs. Zach Taylor, for example, another one of the OCs that didn't call plays save for the preseason, head coaching job. Hmm. Hey, let me. I just want to ask you a media question here, just uh, because I, I read a story about it yesterday about – how successful the Steelers-Bills game was on Monday afternoon. Now, maybe part of it was because it was a holiday, but sure. did, uh, what what what's the feeling on that? Because I got to believe if I'm you know if I'm the NFL, I'm not really disappointed with the numbers that you know. And I kind of like two games Saturday, two games Sunday, and two games on Monday. It didn't so I, if I you missed, have Monday I off, I don't think it's a big the, deal. I missed the numbers. I saw the Peacock numbers obviously on Saturday. What were the Monday numbers for that uh, game? They were huge. I don't have the exact numbers. okay. Just saw it yesterday. Um, that they, they were just yeah. like, wow! I can't believe that it didn't. Uh, the headline was it didn't affect it. Like they still had great numbers. Um, I, I don't know. Moving forward, look the the, the Monday night game, um, and some people still don't like the Monday night game. They'd rather have two days of triple headers. Uh, the Monday night game was uh, was put in because we expanded the playoffs to, to seven teams, and ESPN paid a lot of money for that primetime window there. I, I would think that if I'm ESPN, um, I'd have to ask the question, do we want a great lead-in or do we want a standalone game? Um, I'm curious to know what the late numbers were for Monday night because while it was the Eagles, the defending NFC champions, it was also the Buccaneers, and it was – 
uh, I don't know if it was the most enticing game. 20? I mean, the the dumps, yeah, so the dumpster fire yeah, that, that is the Eagles is, is yeah. a draw. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Monday night the headline on ESPN was Eagles at Buccaneers draws more than 28.6 million viewers. ESPN's second most watched NFL playoff. Game okay, right. so that 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 turned out well. Yeah. Um, Look, it, it was it was the perfect storm, so to speak. I, I don't know that they would change the format because I, I think it does add a little bit of difficulty to the scheduling for divisional weekend as well. Mm-hmm. And I think they would like to know earlier, and the other teams would like to know earlier, um, not just one matchup, but really we didn't know the entire board for the most part until those two games were played on Monday. Who do you like after watching sure. everything? Kansas City bounces, you know, bounces back. Has a nice game against Miami. I, I think the Bills are intriguing in that game as well. So, I, one of those two teams to me might be your your Super Bowl favorite. I, you tell me. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, step back for a second. As I was joking with the baseball stuff, I, I am like everyone else, kind of like, uh, like, do I want to watch? Of course I do. This is what we do, and, and yes, we're fans. I mean, I also have the the added significance of. You know, friends and family here with the Rams, they lost as well, and that was that was hard to see on Sunday. Um, that said, the uh, I think that it's it set up pretty well for the 49ers now, right? If the 49ers don't make it to the Super Bowl, I'm not suggesting we're having the Kyle Shanahan, Mike McCarthy, Nick Sirianni conversation, but there are going to be a lot of people going, wait, how do you mess this up? How do you mess this up? I think the Lions are better than the Bucks. I think they will beat the Bucks. Um, I think they might, bl- ah, I don't know, blow out, but I, I think they're clearly the better team. I also think that the the, the Niners will win. I think we're going to have the, the the Lions at the Niners in the AFC. Uh, the Bills are the better team, but they are so banged up defensively. Like the the Trail Bernard thing is huge. Um, and again, woe is me. I know Browns fans were all saying, "Well, look at our injuries." Uh, the the Chiefs and the the Bills injuries certainly will factor here, um, as they did with the Browns. Look with the Browns, if you want. I'm sure you guys have gone through this, but the fact that all the you know the the the, the tackles being out, um, Anthony Walker, Grant Talbot being out, Denzel Ward. I, I, look, he battled, but he did not look right in that game. Um, you know, that, that all caught up with them. I think it catches up with the Bills defensively, but I think they win because they're at home. And uh, the other AFC game, I know I'm picking the chalk here. I think the Texans make it interesting. I don't know if they're going to win. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from on that, Andrew, too. So, all right, Andrew, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know we love having you on the other. Thanks, a great, buddy. You're a great friend of the show. Thanks for putting up with my rambling, guys. It's all good. Andrew Siciliano, NFL Network. Make sure you're watching him all the time. Thank you, Andrew. Later, Talk to you soon. Yep. See you guys. And of course, he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You may sit here and say, well, why are the Browns walking away from Alex Van Pelt as offensive coordinator? Why are they walking away from Stump Mitchell as running back coach? And so, and get me to the next game, and I don't think you'll remember who the coordinator was. I just, you know, unless it's like probably the most talked about coordinator I can think of from last season or from this season still going is Matt Canada because it didn't work. And so, and what we were watching Jim Schwartz, because it did. Okay. I'll give you the other side of it too. Right. But that's here. Like, Mm -hmm. I think nationally the Matt Canada story 
had a little bit bigger legs. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm blowing it up a little bit because we're in an uh, AFC North city and we we have our eyes on what's going on. Todd in Munkin was a huge topic of discussion because it worked in Baltimore. I'm talking about the guys that didn't work, right? Yeah. So I just don't think like we'll sit here, we'll talk about it, and then we'll be six weeks away from it, and be like, hey, uh, what happened there? I can't get. And what if they bring in somebody who is you know, a bigger name or just something that might be, oh, like bringing in Jim Schwartz might have been the best offseason move the Browns made, player or coaching staff. There are a lot of people that will believe that and will argue that point till they're blue in the face. Especially if you factor out road games. (laughs) He was 8-1 and at home. So was everybody else. On the team, (laughs) yes. So I, I just that, think that's really strange. I mean, you way. get so say you get to next year, you start the season, and even if you're one on one or whatever, and the offense looks like it's zinging just a little bit, and Deshaun Watson's healthy, like that has something to do with it too. That no, I'll be like, oh yeah, Alex Van Pelt was the offensive coordinator last year, or people will say a year from now or six months from now, oh the Browns had, an, I, I, I thought wait a minute, I thought Kevin Stefanski was calling the plays. Did they really have an uh, an offensive coordinator? It's nothing against. Alex, I, I, I don't know why I wouldn't like him. I have no reason to not like him. Um, and I don't know what the you know, what the feeling was inside. Again, there's so many things that go into making a change, and you never know. You know what? Someday you might look at the boss wrong, and they'll be like, you know what? I think we're done. And that's all it takes. You can be unbelievably successful. We've seen plenty of guys like that that are successful that, you know, for some reason they're oil and water with their boss, and then they're done. And it doesn't even matter if it if they're making money or not making money or being successful in whatever they do. Sometimes just egos clash and things like that. I don't know if that's the case here or not. I mean, we can all think of a million ris- different reasons on why you may or may not have a job, and it's all perspective after it. Because the perspective of an NFL coach is, I got to believe, Alex Van Pelt's going to land somewhere else, don't you? Like, I don't even hesitate. Well, they always do. Yeah, and so... It, you if know, they want to. It, things change, or maybe it'll be some... I don't know. I think if you got at that point and you were like, I wouldn't mind being a college coach. I wouldn't mind being a head. The money's not there for high school, but I'm saying, you know, at least in most places it isn't there. But, you know, what's next is always what's going Look at any coach in the NFL, and the majority of them, their resume doesn't look like Kevin Stefanski's. Two teams. Absolutely. Decades of experience. And so I think this is just kind of the way it rolls. And you always hear about, like, this is – one of the worst times of the year for assistant coaches, but especially if their head coach gets fired. Because a lot of times the head coach gets fired and then you've got other assistant coaches who are still under contract. And then... And almost always are given permission to look for another job. But a lot of teams want to wait and see who the new head coach is going to be before they release him from the contract. Because they'll sit there and they'll be like, oh, maybe this guy wants to stay. That's why you always end up with two, three holdovers from every staff. Like Stump Mitchell was. Yeah, so this is a weird time for assistant coaches in the NFL. It really is because either you're hanging on to the head coach or the organization really likes you and they maybe wanted to go in a different direction from the head coach. I, I don't know. I, it seems to me, though, Jeff, I, I, I kind of feel like if the Browns were going to move away from Van Pelt that they probably have someone in mind. They know where they want to go with this thing. And, um, I, and, I and we'll find out quickly. I don't know. You're going to tell me Kevin, Kevin Stefanski doesn't have a – like every well, head coach, I would, every I would hope general, he has an idea. Yeah, and every general manager's got to have a hey. What if this happens? I mean, they found. I read a great quote. Just look, Alabama found a replacement for Nick Saban. 
who's you know arguably one of the best coaches to ever coach the game, especially at the college level, right? How long did it take for them to find someone to replace them? Well, every AD has a short list. But I'm saying, Jeff, and, I and mean. And their AD said, I've been planning for this for several years. So Every it, AD should have a short list in their sure, pocket. I'm sure they? they do. So yeah. I, it just, I think it just goes, especially, goes to show you in football, it doesn't matter how good you are, you can be replaced in 24, 48 hours with one phone call. And I think it's, you know, for as egotistical as sometimes that position might appear to be to us on the outside, if you're if you're making the hire, you got to feel like you can make a hire within seconds if you could. Uh, if the rules would allow you to, you could make a hire in seconds on a new head coach. Brian is in Florida. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, good. How are you guys? Good, Hi, Brian. Good. I just I, I was kind of looking back uh, just for, for uh, some perspective. I, I think – Part of the reason why the fans were kind of taken back, some of the comments I read online was like almost like a doom and gloom scenario. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if you go back, this is the first head coach Stefanski since Bill Belichick that survived four years and will be entering a fifth year. So it's been 30 years. Sure. So what's going on with the tweaks in the staff is really not that unprecedented. If you look at Baltimore, you know, uh, his uh, Harbaugh's first four years in the league, he went to the playoffs three times. It was before he won a Super Bowl. So Stefanski's slightly below that. Two, two playoff trips in four years. But if you look at Baltimore as a whole, uh, Harbaugh's been there for 18 years. He's had seven offensive coordinators and six defensive coordinators. So I think this is going back to what everybody's kind of coming to the conclusion for. It's about the offense looked a little bit clunky when Watson was in there. I think they want some fresh perspective. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing. Um, We're obviously not moving on from him. He's our quarterback. So we need to make sure that he's in a system that he feels totally comfortable with. with. And uh, I guess – that's my observation. I don't think it's a bad thing. But the question I would throw back to you guys is, do you think this affects his uh, extension? Are they going to put it off? That would be the question. On I have. Kevin's? Yeah, Kevin. on Kevin's. Basically, yeah, like wait yeah. a year, like a wait, a, a wait and see year now that they made those changes before they go ahead and extend him. I think they can extend him and then fire him if they don't like what they see. What do you I, think? I would think he gets an extension. Yeah. Brian, but I wouldn't – I would be surprised if it were like a five-year deal. You know, if they extended him – this off season for four more years and he had five years out that might surprise me a little bit yeah all right guys thanks for right, thank you appreciate it what what, what I is see a two-year extension call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
I know this is a much deeper conversation for just a few moments, but I, I, I want your perspective. What is success moving forward for Kevin Stefanski? You, know, you, you, you got to win regular season games. Because if you don't, then you don't get a chance to do what you ultimately have to do. Which do is, you, though? I mean, Mike McCarthy seemed to be on the hot seat, and he's won plenty of regular season games. Yeah, well, he he got on the hot seat because he didn't win a playoff game. If he didn't win the regular season games, he wouldn't be back anyway. Well, they wouldn't have got there. So. Right, so you wouldn't be back. You know, a playoff failure wouldn't be the reason you got fired. You'd get fired because you didn't make the playoffs. If If you're a good coach and you can get your team into the playoffs, well, anything can happen there. Seriously, any anything can happen. We saw it. You know, I think the Browns. I think the Browns are a better team than Houston if they're healthy. They weren't healthy. Finally, caught up with them, and some other things caught up with them. I think Dallas is a better team than Green Bay. Dallas got smoked. I don't. I think. I he's mean, gotta, it, it happens. I think he's got to win in the playoffs next year. Well, I, in this case, maybe. Except what? What if they win twelve games next year? You going to fire a coach who wins twelve games? Yeah. Even Jerry Jones wouldn't fire a coach who won twelve games. You, you go twelve and five. I don't think you're going to get fired. You Jeff, go eleven and six. I, don't, I mean, what do you want? We, well, we asked about that earlier in the week. Yeah. What, what do you? You going to guarantee me that you're going to go bring somebody in who's going to win you eleven games in the regular season? I mean, the journey is to get to the playoffs, and then you have to have success. But if the journey's unsuccessful, well, then you've got no shot at all. What? How much of it though makes this circumstance different because of the investment in the quarterback? I mean, you went all well, in, you've Jeff. Got, you were right there. You were right there. And then I sit, and I'm not trying to be this guy, but I'm, you know, I watched Baker have success last week, and they felt like Baker got them to where they could go with Baker, and they felt like they could upgrade by bringing in Deshaun Watson, yeah, which is fine. I, I, I mean, that's their team. And I personally think they have, but we still haven't seen, you know, what you really want to but see. But there was a Deshaun. lost year along the way. Yeah, well, yes. And at some point, you a, turn and say, huge, we did this contract. Gamble. But remember, they won 11 games without Deshaun. They won 11 without him for the most part. He played in, you know, he was 5-4-1. and four and one. I still wonder if that doesn't make this job different than – I hear what you're saying. You can win 11 games, maybe win 12 games, and, and be a very successful regular season head coach. I just wonder what the threshold is going to be next year for Kevin – Especially when you go back and look at the last, you know, 12, 13 months and they've changed all the offense, they've changed all the coordinators. Now, whether that's a, a byproduct of in most cases, you want that to be a byproduct of being successful because you lost a coordinator because you had so much success that they upgraded and went to another team because they were able to get a new job that was that was an upward movement. But in this case, I just feel like, you know, worst case scenario, the Browns have to win a playoff game next year for Kevin Stefanski. Are those Andy, I don't think you can make a statement like that. I just did. I, I really, I'm telling you, I think Browns fans will look at this. I don't think it They need to win a playoff game next year. They go, so. they go 13 and 4, and they lose in the first round. He's not going to get fired, nor should he. Depends on the circumstances. You lose one it's the game. NFL, Jeff. Do, I mean, do you think, do you I think mean, Marty Schottenheimer is a good football coach? Did I think he was a good football yeah. coach? Yeah. yeah. Did I think he had conflict with the owner of the team? And that. He didn't want to bring in a coordinator. What about, what about the Hunts in Kansas City? He got he, along great there. Yeah. So what's Mar the point? Marty never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not questioning that. But Marty okay, also well, didn't. Marty was successful here and ended up not being here. Well, it's because he didn't after he was be. successful. It's because he didn't want to be successful here. No, he didn't want to be here anymore. Huh. 
I, I was covering the team. He didn't want to be here anymore because Art wouldn't let his brother be the coordinator. Yeah, so that's, I mean, but really that's the reason to walk away from it? That's what we heard. Huh. I still look at that and say, I mean, it would have been easier just to hire a coordinator. I just look at it that way. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think you walk away from coaches who can get you double-digit wins in the regular season. I just don't think you do it. I look at the history of the franchise, and I question whether that will play true to what will happen next. Let's make Jeff Thomas do Jeff, make Jeff Thomas do it next, right here. Baskin and Phelps, ninety two three, the fan. Hey, sports fans! The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live. I do want to talk to you about one other NBA story uh, from last night that I thought was interesting. We were uh, Dan and I were talking about this in the break that DeAndre Ayton yesterday missed his game against Brooklyn for Portland. And what happened was his neighborhood had turned to ice and he couldn't get out of his neighborhood. And when I read that last night, I wasn't shocked by it. I was actually surprised that that doesn't happen more often. In areas of the country that aren't used to doing such things. Well, I like even removing hear, snow, like, removing ice. I'm kind of surprised that doesn't happen here. Yeah, except we have, we have salt trucks. Yeah, but that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be able to take your car and get it to the. No, arena. but we're kind of designed for it here. We we know what the deal is. You know, I, I I agree with you. I mean, sometimes you just can't. You know, like it took took me double time to get to work on what day was that Monday? Right. It was it was terrible out. We all and we all know how that is. But man, when you get ice on roads like in like oh. Oklahoma and Texas. They're not used to having to remove snow and ice. I got news: when we get ice on the road here, oh, you stay home. Yeah, there's except just... except we have we actually have salt crews to go out and do a great job for us. We do, but even but when and it gets so cold that. that it doesn't even make a difference. Like I'm in Montana, where we got way more snow. Just throw, I, just throw the sand on the roads. That's all they did. Yeah, they just put sand. There was dirt on the road. Did that's you have all chains? Did. did I personally? No, I no. did have a block heater on my car. Did you? Yeah. Uh, did you whip that up there yourself? Did I put it in? Sure. Yeah, I was thinking about it. No, it was um, the Block Brothers on uh, Taylor Road put that in. My dad said to me before I moved out there, he goes, hey, it gets kind of cold out there. You're going to need a block heater. And I'm like, what's a block heater? Exactly. And he was like, "Uh, it keeps your engine oil warm when it's really cold outside. You just have to plug the car in. I'm like, where? And when I got there, I thought it was interesting. The apartment complex that I moved into, every space had an outlet in front of it. Isn't that cool? And I was like, well, this is wild. And yeah, see if you're prepared for it, like they are out there. But every but anytime somebody from Cleveland would come out there to go visit me or I'd see something, they'd be like, Hey, do you have an electric car? And I'm like, <laughs> No, not exactly. And this was what, yeah. uh, early nineties. That's beautiful. And you know, you'd sit there, dead. People came to visit you, huh? Yeah, people you know, uh nice. it's not exactly a bad place to go to, especially during the summer. Nice. But they would see like I would have this plug on the front of the car through the grill. And they were like, is this an electric car? And I was like, no, it's a block heater to make sure that your engine oil doesn't yeah, It's a block heater. I mean, the automotive. I would thank my, my boys on Taylor Road for taking care of that for me because I had no idea. At least my before dad. You, that was sharp that you got it done before you even went out. That was my dad who was yeah. ahead of the game on stuff like that. It wasn't ahead of the That's game. That's awesome. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. I mean, I, of course not. I don't know if you still need one, though. I, I don't know if uh, you think Yeah. You I'm, think they still I'm, use them? I'm, Dano, you have you relatives me, in Wisconsin. Do yeah. they do such things? Not really, no. They don't get that far north, though. Minnesota, they do. Minnesota, for sure. Probably oh. the upper parts of Wisconsin up north, Dakotas. definitely. I'll be honest. When we drove out there, uh, when I drove out there the first time, we stopped in a place called Blue Earth, Minnesota, which is, and they had block heaters in front of the 
sure it was a uh, not expensive hotel that I stayed at on the way out there. And but they all had plug they had plugins in front of the uh, in front of the parking spot too. That's beautiful. They don't even yeah, little things that I never really thought about. Blue Earth, Minnesota, by the way, home of or at least was home of. I hope it still is a like seven story Jolly Green Giant. Oh, nice! I'd so, hate to see that go away. I know. You know, I left a Be prescription. Big. I left a prescription at Wall Drug in like '92, and it's still probably still there. So if somebody could pick that up for me, thank you. Anyone, anyone who makes that drive knows. Penicillin will be still fresh. Whatever it takes. Uh, Jeff Cavaliers last night, stay hot, big win. Now, I do we we do take this with a grain of salt, right? Because no, not at all. Well, I mean, we're not playing with some of our players, but the Bucks didn't have Giannis either yesterday too. So, but. The Cavs don't have Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, so I'll buy into that. I'll, I'll buy into. Where are we with this team right now? Because I'm they're playing they're playing good basketball and taking advantage. That's the wrong way to put it. I shouldn't say taking advantage. They're doing what they're supposed to do against a schedule that's a little soft right now. That's good. You're supposed to. Every team has those, and so and so that's okay. That's what you're supposed to do. What have they won? 11 of 14 games. I think it's what the, the exact number. Six in a row. They and they're in fourth place that, now in the East. Two before that, yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think they're Boston. I don't think they're Philly. I don't think they're as good as Milwaukee. Are they a top four team? And when this thing's all said and done, are they going to be? They could be. And I, I say that only because of this. I think there are three teams in the Eastern Conference, and I just listed them. Mm-hmm. Boston, Philly, Milwaukee. And then I think there are about four or five teams that will be fighting it out for the you know, eight, top eight spots. I, I think there are a number of teams. The, the Pacers just made a big trade. They just picked up Pascal Siakam Saw from that Toronto. Yep. That's a big deal. And I, I, think that, I think that gives a real nice little boost to Indiana, whose team I like a lot and whose coach I think is terrific, Rick Carlisle. I, I think they're really good. The Knicks are playing better basketball, oddly. But I I just think any team in the East other than Milwaukee, Philly, Boston is going to have a real tough time. Real mm-hmm. tough time if they run up against one of those teams in the playoffs. I, I thought of this as a joke. I, well, we look at the France trip, the way the Browns looked at Greenbrier. <laughs> That's what juggles around in my head. When we talk about that bonding moment for this Why don't you team. Just go get your snowblower and go do some work, will you? <laughs> was that the bonding moment? Dan, do you believe that we're going to look back at this France trip and go, that was the aha moment that propelled this team to the first round of the playoffs so they could get knocked out again in the first round of the playoffs? I said it to Jeff at the time. I'll say it to you right now. Only one word describes that France trip. Boondoggle. <laughs> But you, they took you so many took neat pictures. A week in France, you went to you went to the Eiffel Tower. You flew all the way out there. For? You did all sorts of stuff for one basketball game. There it is. But and they did it you, for the sport, man. And then you flew back and you had days off. That that's a boondoggle. That's the definition of a boondoggle. God bless the NBA. They did it for the sport. I don't understand why you can't see. We that. need to talk with the Olympics Cuba coming up over this. there. It was very important. To get them ready for the Olympics, and it was really and good. The Cavaliers to send did their part. Congratulations, Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert back home. Oh wait a minute, I'm sorry they weren't. Stop making sense, Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, sorry that didn't. Would they pay for a ticket to go watch that? Ninety-seven thousand dollars a seat. 
Wow. It's <laughs> a lot of rubles. Sure. You know, I don't think it's rubles. I think it's I euros. Don't. I think they're in the euro. No, I thought they're out of the euro. No, England's out of the euro. England's out of the England's euro. Out I think they're the euro. on the euro. Yeah. Uh, Currency with Baskin and Phelps. Currency. We'll be happy to talk about that. So, uh, again, I look. Andy, they're playing good basketball. <laughs> yeah. I, I still go back to what we talked about a week or so ago. It's just really odd to me, small sample size, that they haven't had a better record when everybody's healthy. And that, you've got to make that work. That's, you know, where they are now, okay, that's fine. And they're playing good basketball. And last year they played good basketball. But you've got to take, you've got to take your assets and make it work. That's how you're going to become a team that can compete with Boston and Philadelphia and Milwaukee on a regular basis and in a playoff series. And if they can figure out how to make that work, you know, personally, I can't stand it when I look at a box score, and it doesn't matter what team it is. When And, and the Cavs have this often, where one guy is dominating in shots. A lot of teams win that way. And, and I, I'm not going to say it's not a recipe for success because for some teams it is. What I'm saying is I personally can't stand it. I, I love it when when you play team basketball and you disperse the shots and you disperse the scoring. And I think this team with Mobley, with Garland and Mitchell and other players who have an opportunity to step up. I mean, Jared Allen has shown everybody he can score. So are you good? You can't, you can't score if you don't get them shots. I mean, they scored 135 points last night. You had no, three. That's a lot you of had points. three guys that had more than 14 shots in last night's game, is and that, that's swell. Is that a good mix or is that not a good mix? No, that, you want that, but you know. And congratulations to George Niang. He was terrific, career high. You don't get career highs very often. I, I just that's why they're called career. I highs. would it's love kind of crazy to, how that works. Yeah, I would love to see a little better dispersal of shots. When Evan Mobley gets back, so when what's, Darius the, what's well. the perfect night then? Do you have a number? Oh, I, I mean, this sounds per- like a perfect night. This is, sounds like a running back situation. Perfect night is you outscore nine, the other team, and I think you have three guys who average between eighteen and twenty-two points a game. I think that'd be great. I, I'm always you have three I've guys averaging twenty. That'd be phenomenal. I'm a big fan of the let's get four or five guys into double figures. That's terrific. You, you need a guy you normally win when 20. that happens. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I just I, I just would love to see a little more ball movement, body movement, and and sharing of shots. Well, it was a big win last night, 135-95, and now they're on this uh they're gonna have a little road trip here where they're gonna end up with Milwaukee back to back with this kind of baseball series on the end of it. So well, we'll see how this thing plays out. But right now things are definitely going in the right direction, no matter who's on the floor for the Cavaliers. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Browns. We'll bring in Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter, co-host of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder, and he is next right here, Basket of Phelps 92.3 The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And he's brought to us by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Hello, D. Hi, Daryl. Hello, boys. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Okay. Were you glad, shocked? Glad, glad to hear that you're back in. Oh, good. I just a little <laughs> under the weather. I'm sure all of our game day in Cleveland fans are like, whoa, what's going on? Um, my question for you. Yeah, all one. Right. My mom. If, if she could figure out how to. <laughs> yeah, it has to be your mom because my family doesn't care. <laughs> all right. So listen, Daryl, were you surprised by what happened in Berea yesterday? At least what reportedly happened. Yes, reportedly happened, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little surprising, but uh, understandable. Um, I, I made the fatal mistake of trying to make a joke on accent. And ever try- Nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, last year, uh, Kevin Stefanski made changes with the special teams coordinator and, and defensive coordinator, and that worked out beautifully. And... Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to find uh, a fresh perspective or fresh voice. I don't know that the dude that they're interviewing today is going to bring that. Um, and if those are the type of guys they're bringing in to talk to, he Kevin Stefanski isn't giving up play-calling duties anytime soon. You don't so, think, Daryl, that's not what this is about, right? Yeah, No, no. I, I don't think that that's what this is about. I think it's all about, uh, you know, the, the, everything that they're going to do this offseason is going to be about Deshaun Watson uh, because they got to find a way to make this thing work. 
and not just work, but they need to find a way to to make sure that this guy plays at an M- NFL MVP caliber level. Like the dude needs to play like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes this year. Um, that that's just the way it is. Uh, when you're being paid forty six million dollars a year and you've done very little uh, in terms of availability and performance in the first two years that you've been here, so um, they've they've got to find a way to put together an offense and a scheme that's going to really uh, explore uh, accentuate, I should say, uh, the things that Deshaun Watson does well. They they've got to get this guy to where he is a premier player at the quarterback position in the National Football League. And so if that means that they got to change out Alex Van Pelt and and a couple of assistant coaches while doing that, then so be it. That's the, you know, that's just the cost of doing business. But I will say from my view, I think AVP did a good job when he was here. Well, you, you won 11 games with five different starting quarterbacks, Daryl. He obviously uh, had, he had something to coach to- nine of them. Yeah, he had to Since do something. Since 2020, something right? That. that includes, you know, uh, Baker being able to start for a couple of years. So, uh, like, you know, I, I think Van Pelt did a very good job uh, while he was here. He was a good soldier. Uh, uh, I mean, just last week he spoke about how awesome it's been um, working with Kevin Stefanski and how he uh, marvels at how Stefanski is able to, you know, roll with the punches and – be the same guy day in and day out and stay even keeled and not get caught up in emotional swings that are so easy to get caught up in, especially uh, in the National Football League. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, everything that they're, you know, this isn't because I've seen some of this. This isn't a sign that the Browns are dysfunctional again. Okay. It, it's not. It, it It's, you know, Kevin recognizing that they've gotten to a certain point and now they need to go further from there, and and that's okay. That you know that that's that's what good organizations do. Um, and, and so I, I don't think that there's really any reason right now for a lot of consternation amongst Browns fans that uh, you know they're making these uh, these changes in these tweaks. So Daryl, I think you said it on the air yesterday, you know, and and pointed it out first, I guess, that you look go back and look at the last thirteen months and. They have now all three of the major coordinating positions have been flipped. Yeah, he's out of guys to fire. So yeah. So what does that mean? <laughs> that, that's my. And is that Ke- is it truly is that Kevin making the fire? I don't know. That yeah. That's- yeah. I I don't I don't think that this is I don't think this is a he's being told to do things um, type of a a scenario. And look, um, it, it's important to to understand that the three-ring circus left town when Stefanski and Andrew Berry arrived. Um, and they have brought a sense of organizational stability and professionalism and adults in the room making big-boy decisions and things like that, um, which we're not used to here in Cleveland, right? We're, we're used to everyone pointing fingers at each other and fighting and throwing each other under the bus, trying to kiss the owner's backside to save their job and, and things like that. That's just how that building had been for so many years. And it's not been that way these last four years under Stefanski and Barry. It, it, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's very professional out there. Uh, it's, uh, you know, th- these guys are all, you know, Rowing the boat in the same direction, so to speak. Um, so I look, he made two changes last year because of underperformance, right? 
and it worked out. Well, now you've you've had four years of this you know volatility at the quarterback position, right? You've had nine different guys, and a lot of that's been because of injury, not because of organizational instability, and uh, where you've had to roll with the punches there. And they they've survived it. They've done a good job, get, you know, working through it, and they certainly did it this past season. But uh, I do think that there is something to be said for, you know, hitting reset buttons every once in a while to get it, bring in some fresh ideas and new ways of looking at things and doing things. And and again, that that's to me, that's not a sign of a a weak organization. That's a sign of a strong organization. Are are those? Decisions collaborative, do you think, Daryl, or are those strictly on Kevin? Oh, I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure there's collaboration in in the sense of, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure Kevin's not doing everything in a vacuum. Um, but at the at the same time, the coaching staff is his, is his, you know, purview. The personnel department is Andrew Barry's, but they both work hand to hand, right? Uh, you, you look at when they brought in Jim Schwartz and the type of players that they brought in through free agency and trades in the offseason, right? And even the draft, the guys that fit what Jim Schwartz does. So the, you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing the way things work together, right? Uh, and the positive results of when you have those two departments working together and not against each other. And again, we've seen that out there where we've had – the personnel department's doing one thing, and the coaching staff wants to do something completely different. And then they each bicker because the personnel's not being used the way they, they're designed by the coaching staff, and the coaching staff isn't getting the players that they want from the personnel department. That's not happening uh, in that building anymore. And, and again, the, these, these are all very good things. Like, this is the way it should be. So, um, again, I, I don't think Stefanski made these moves in a vacuum, but I also don't feel like that he's, you know, following marching orders from above to do it either. Daryl, what is a successful season for Kevin Stefanski next year? Oh, they you got not only you have to make the playoffs, but you need to advance. Um, next year, you can't be one and done. Uh, again, without understanding the dynamics of what and the circumstances of what may transpire next season. But for me, that's that's the bar now. Get to the playoffs and advance. The ideal scenario is they finally win a division. Um, but clearly we know how difficult that is um, because they haven't done it since 1989. So uh, first things first, get in the tournament, and then you see what happens. But, um, yeah, make the playoffs next year and advance in the postseason. That, to me, is where the bar should be set. Take me to Bill Belichick. If he has a second interview in Atlanta, who's interviewing who and – do they need him more than he needs them? Yeah, they need him more than he needs them, 100%. Uh, Bill, <laughs> honest, Bill should have walked in wearing all six Super Bowl rings, and he should have he should have pulled a Greg Williams. <laughs> Remember when Greg uh, was introduced at the, as, as Browns defensive coordinator? He had that beautiful Super Bowl ring from the New Orleans Saints out front for all of us to see, right? Yeah. Well, Bill should have should, should just walked in. And the uh, uh, three on each the, hand. The the twenty eight to three comeback over the Falcons ring should have been front and center, and he should have put both hands on the table and allowed Arthur to stare at the rings, and that should have been the interview. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably do it, wouldn't it, Daryl? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, look. Here's the thing, right? Um, 
I, I made the joke about Jerry Jones should fire McCarthy and, and bring in Bill to get them over the top, right? Because they got they got this playoff roadblock. They can win games in the regular season, get in the tournament, and then they do what the Cowboys do every year, and that's find a way to fall on their face in the postseason, right? Um, and, and Bill would be that guy. The problem is Jerry Jones will never, ever cede any ounce of control to to Bill, okay? That's, they that's might a terrible mix, isn't it? That'd be terrible. Oh, horrible, right? Because Bill has a proven, keyword proven, he has a proven way of doing things, right? So he needs an owner that is going to allow him to do things the Belichick way. It's interesting over the years, it, when you talked about the Patriots' success, it was called the Patriot way. Eh, I call it the, I prefer to use the term the Belichick way. Um, because he basically ran that organization for a quarter of a century. And so I think that... Uh... After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He needs that type of a situation where he's going. He doesn't need obstruction from ownership, right? <laughs> Jerry, I'm not interested in who you want to draft right now. <laughs> okay, right. we're going to draft who I want and who I think we need. That's how this is going to work. That would not work in Dallas with Belichick. Mm. It could work in Atlanta. Mm, good point, Daryl. As always, thank you. We'll be looking forward to your next. Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland, and we're always reading you online at uh, 923thefan.com. Thanks, my friend. Thank you, Daryl. You bet, guys. Um, I think this is the second longest thing I've done other than marriage. Yeah. In my entire life. <laughs> we have 12 years coming up. It's right? you and me, Bubba. 20 years of marriage. 
12 years with I you. I don't know who to feel more sorry for, you or me. I don't know. I'm trying to think of <laughs> Other than, I, I can't. Uh, well, being a father, then I guess that would probably be like, that would be. A, that was yeah, a, you had kids before. Yeah. So, that, so it's in between marriage, kids, and then you, Jeff. You're it. Thanks, buddy. Congratulations. What's with the heavy sigh over there? <laughs> you think about it when you're a kid, what do you commit to a school for like five years, you know, six years? Yeah. Elementary school? Yeah. If that's the way your system's set yeah, up. You and I have done this as long as it took us to get from kindergarten through like senior year. The great thing is, is that. Though, oh, my God. Though I we've never thought about yeah, it that way. Though we've both wanted to, you know, to kill each other over the years. Not we, really. We haven't. Yeah, we have it. That's beautiful. I, it's because you uh, you are much more level-headed than I am at times. And you're much much more passionate about certain things than I am sometimes. This is such a beautiful conversation. Not really. Counselor, what do you think? <laughs> We've got to protect our phony baloney job, gentlemen. I think it's time to get some new couches in here is what I think. If we're going <laughs> to spill your guts on what's going on yeah. with the show. 216-474-0092. 216-474-0092. All right, so there are plenty of... Head coaching vacancies out there. Man, are there ever. I mean, I'm just kind of still market going through some of these. I, I, does it does it feel like there's going to be one and then everything else is going to fall into place? Someone's going to, like Washington's going to hire somebody, says, you know, Atlanta's yeah. going to make the hire. I, I, I just kind of feel like the two big things that are out there now are Bill Belichick, if somebody wants to take a chance on him. I don't know if it's taking a chance or not. And then uh, and Harbaugh and Vrabel. And it's like, there's some good guys out there. There are some really interesting candidates. It, it's 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 weird. You know, one, one thing we chatted about before the show that I, I think is fascinating, and I asked Daryl about it. Daryl says the Falcons need Belichick more than Belichick needs the Falcons. I agree with that if the Falcons decide they want to put up with Bill. You know what I mean? Clearly, the man is a great head coach. We know that, and he's one of the best that's ever coached. You could make the argument that he's the best that's ever coached. I, I, I don't think there's a best at anything. I think you probably put put a guy in a conversation of three, four, or five guys. And I, you know, is Taylor Swift the best singer? Well, no, but she's really good. You know, I mean, there there are a lot of people who are really good at stuff. Right. Bill's a really good football subjective coach. though. I mean, all that stuff's yeah. subjective. Yeah. But do you, if you're if you're filling the blank team, do you want to completely buy into Bill's way, or do you do you not even have to? If you're Bill, are you willing to say, you know what, I'm okay being the coach, but I would like to have a good relationship with my GM, who's going to supply me with talent, and I would like to, you know, be on the same page. I I would think that's if any team wants to hire Bill. I, I don't know that I would hire Bill Belichick, the general manager. I'd hire Bill I, Belichick, the coach. I can't see Bill walking into a job where he's not, though. Unless, And I could just see him retiring, in other words. Because uh, I, unless, unless he's decided, you know what, that's where I caught so much grief in New England and uh, toward the end, and that was a pain in my you-know-what. But he made some nice draft choices. I, it, just, it, it just didn't work the last couple of years. Jeff, it all goes back to... I think about Bill Belichick painting the media into a little corner in Cleveland where you were allowed to stand, right? Wasn't there just a little tiny area where the media was allowed to stand? Where? Dur- when, in games? or No, during practice or during availability. Oh. 
uh, true that, or false? That kind of went away as time went on, or yeah. it was just in the beginning. When when Marty Schottenheimer was the coach, we were allowed to watch practice. Okay, all of practice, and then not as much. And now it's virtually nothing. Yeah. Now it's stretching. You can watch and, stretching. And, and I don't think that was Bill. I think the league went that way. But I'm sure you know Bill was key in that. But and by the way, if they let the media, I'm just saying this, and this is just thought, food for thought. If they let the media watch a little bit more, then the top story every day wouldn't be the injury report. Like that's the information that the media gets every day, and yeah. I think that's why it's always this. Yeah, like, but you're oh, not, you who, weren't allowed to report. Who practiced today? Who didn't practice today? You weren't allowed to report what you saw at practice, though. So, like, we'd see the Browns working on trick plays. Well, you can't report that. Right. You no, know, no. All right. You, you, you couldn't do that. But but you get the feel for whether someone is being productive right. or non-productive. Right. And there's but, no no one's going to stop you from but do you th- voicing that opinion. Do you think a team is going to put up with the full Bill Belichick? Or would it have to be a... a we want to hire you as our coach, but we want you to fit into this system. And we're going real high analytics here. And we're going to do this. Because if I'm if I'm a team, I don't want to hire Bill, the general manager. But if I'm Bill, I don't want to go to a team that I'm not comfortable with and where I don't think I can win and where I don't have some say in personnel. You know, I... I honestly think that it's going to have to be a group hug on that. I mean, they're going to have to come to a decision. I think Bill's going to have to say at some point, okay, I understand, and I'll coach your team. I'll coach your team. Is Bill's entire staff out? Do we know? I don't know. Because if you go to the Patriots' website. I know his linebacker coach isn't. Well, that's it. You look at. He's now the head coach. You look at their staff, and all it says is Jared Mayo. That's it. And then there's a line that says the coaching staff for 2024 will be announced at a later time. The fact that Jared Mayo gets promoted there might mean a lot of those assistants stay. Or if Jared Mayo thought But he thought didn't have Bill, a very big staff. Well, if, right. And if Jared Mayo thought that Bill had a terrible staff and he just happened to be on it, then he might not bring back anybody. You know, Bill, Bill went Larry Bird. Remember when Larry was the head coach of the Indiana Pacers? He had two assistant coaches, Rick Carlisle and Dick Harder. Hmm. And that was it. Well, his I, I, the other part of it is, too, and, you know, we talk about um, the Callahans and, and the possibility of both of them ending up in Carolina. For Bill, don't you think the part of this is trying to, I would hope, maybe, that he'd be trying to help his son out to guide him so he could take over wherever he goes next, so he can set his own oh. standard. I would think if you could. I, I mean, if you could I set would, things up for your family, you would. Right? I would think that's true. But I'll bet that's not the deciding factor in this hire. No, I agree with you, but I think that you, if you know the you know the Suns will go with him if he goes to coach another team. Yeah, you know that'll happen. Sure. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So, are there I, any other places where you think Bill would be a good fit? The the open jobs right now, Atlanta. Okay. Yes. Which uh, I think he'd be a great fit there, and the reason I say that is because Arthur Blank would he'll keep writing the checks. And though Arthur comes down on the sidelines and hangs out sometimes, he's going to just stay out of the way. He's going to let him do the job. Okay. Uh, Carolina, there's no way Bill Belichick goes to Carolina. Yeah, I don't see that. that the, he, the Tepper has fired two coaches in season. is just nuts. I can't see him going to the Raiders because the Raiders just got rid of Bill's protege and Josh McDaniels. 
And if I'm Mark Davis, I'm thinking, yeah, I went there once. That's not going to work. I don't know. Mark Davis might get enamored by the name, though, and saying, well, I, rather than having his understudy, I actually get the lead actor. I, I, he should hire Antonio Pierce and call it a day. Antonio Pierce did a nice job of changing the culture a little bit and giving the Raiders the old Raider feel, and, and that might not be a bad way to go. Chargers? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, if they're going after Harbaugh, why wouldn't they? Yeah, I know. That, that why wouldn't work. they do that? Seattle, I don't see. Seattle just got rid of Pete Carroll, and they're in the same age bracket. They're going through some ownership problems there, too, right? I mean, they're trying well, to figure out. Um, Paul Allen's Paul Allen passed away. Right. His, his sister's in I read a now. really interesting story about yeah. um, how the NFL's trying to make sure that owners have um, uh, just like a line of, I don't know, like a will. Not is that, What's the word I'm looking line for? Line of succession. Line of succession. That's yeah. the line I was looking for. Yeah. Um, Tennessee just got rid of Mike Vrabel. And if I'm Bill, I'm thinking Vrabel's a pretty good coach, despite whatever our relationship is, and I don't know what it is. I it doesn't that doesn't seem like a fit to me. This one seems like it could work. Mike in Seattle, I could see that. Can't you? Oh, Mike Vrabel in Seattle, yeah. sure. But I, I'm talking about Belichick here. Okay. The only other team other than Atlanta that I think would be a good fit for him is Washington. Dan thinks it would be a bad fit. I don't know. Because I, the new ownership, Dan says, have heavy analytics. I don't know that. But I know they've brought in some big-time guys to help in their search. You know, Magic Johnson's involved in the search. Can you imagine Magic interviewing Bill Belichick about football? No. I can't either. Not at all. Bob Myers, who was the Golden State Warriors general manager and terrific. Right. So he's got two basketball guys and a football guy in his search for a head coach. I don't know if that would play for Bill. I don't know, but would you? Did you say Tennessee yet? Did we go? Yeah. Through? Bill, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I don't know if if Bill would fit there. I, I just, I wonder how these guys are going to play out. I wonder which guys go for the hot coordinators. I don't know. I, Doesn't if it feel if like I'm it's Dan, Atlanta or bust? No, I, I think Washington's an outside, and that's Dan. Remember, what do you Bill think? grew up in that area too. Maybe that's part of it. Sentimental. Dad was at the Naval Academy. Yeah, maybe. I don't think there's no way Bill ends up with the Commanders. It's just it's well, just not the where way. else other than Atlanta do you think it might work? I I think Atlanta is the the top spot, and I think the Commanders are the second. Well, all right. So here's Bill Belichick on stats. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners, and that's that's really what it's about. The new owner of the Commanders spoke at the Sloan Analytics Conference. How do you think those two would mesh? Well, but that's but but Dan, that's where, you know, I mean, Bill's though Bill's old school. Bill wasn't old school. Bill was cutting edge when he came to the Browns. He was cutting yeah. edge when he went to the Patriots. And you can be sure Bill's smart enough to know that he can't let the game completely pass him by if he wants to take a new gig. And he might just say, "Fine, you guys, you guys supply the talent. I'll tell you what I need." You figure out how to get it, and I'll coach it up. I mean, let, let's be fair here, okay? Six Super Bowls, long-time coaching, what, 29 years. But Bill's, Bill's in his lower 70s, and he wants if he wants to keep coaching, he's not going to be the – he can't go in and say, hey, it's this way or the highway. And then they'll say, well, there's the highway right there. You if can, he gets you can two teams that want him, he can. 
He needs two teams to want him for him to say, I'll do it this way or that way. He needs one to want him to stay employed if he wants to coach in the league. Yeah, I think he's and, in a and weird might, spot. If but, this was 10 years ago. Sure. Or he'd, let's he'd just say, let's, let's, yeah, let's say that he and, and Brady left at the same time. He'd have his pick. Yeah. However, he also might be in a position, he is in a position, whether he wants to do this or not. Hey, I want to do it my way. You don't want that? Fine. No problem. I'll see you later. I'm good to go. He's got enough friends around the league. He can get his kids jobs. True. If they want to coach, he can go get a job somewhere. So it's weird because the team is in the position of, hey, do you want this job? Then it's got to be this way. And Bill's in a position to say, no, I don't. Not under your terms. Let's talk about this when we come back. Is Bill Belichick in a power of strength or in a power of what's the other side of it? Not, not, I don't want to say weakness. Is but he, he would have he to vulnerable? change his ways. Yeah. Right, fair enough. 216-474-0092, Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at Ohio State. I, you know, I'm still shocked that Pat Chun didn't get the job from Washington from Washington State, uh, especially knowing his background and fundraising and understanding Ohio State and being a big-time uh, athletic director uh, at Washington State. And he's hired big coaches before, and he's – I, I'm just I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked that Pat John didn't get the job. So we'll see what happens. That'll come back to bite Ohio State at some point unless he ends up there. But um he is gonna be if he you know, he's at Washington State, which is in a weird spot right now, obviously, because of the way things are are, are trending with, you know, the the Pac twelve or whatever happens to it. So we'll see what happens. I hope this guy can raise a lot of money. The one they brought in from Texas A and M. I know what it's like when We've seen them bring in guys from out of state, especially at Ohio State, and uh, it's not always fun. And if things don't work out and they start not Meaning getting they have guys, no feel for Columbus? Yeah. I mean, I, look, I mean, Ryan Day has been extremely successful, but yet feels the same sting that John Cooper had while he was there. You know, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter how good or what a good job you can do at recruiting or what you do during the regular season. If you don't have a little bit of that Ohio tie in those positions there, you get a buffer when you're there. Gene Smith, Cleveland, get it? You with me? It didn't matter where he went to school. It was it, there. There was a buffer there for him. Andy Geiger still had a little bit of that, you know. Hey, he's kind of here. And then Andy, you know, built Andy Land down there, where they got built all the new sports venues down at Ohio State, and you know, and then left Gene with a lot of debt when he came in. But you know, and then you bring in Tress, Ohio guy, get it? Urban Meyer, Ohio guy. Like it doesn't matter. Like there's a there's a buffer there, and so we'll see what happens. But. um I just hope they can raise a lot of money for NIL and be able to keep these guys. Otherwise, the heat's going to keep uh, the the heat's going to get a little bit hotter next year. And you know, he also went all in with um, with Ryan Day. So, but I'm sure they'll talk about that on Sons of the Shoe, a great podcast those guys are doing. Uh, looking forward to that. Let's get back to the NFL coaching uh, search and situation. And, and you know, you go into the Bill Belichick story and you you wonder where he's going to land. I wonder. And I, I I just think he's. It seems weird, but he's almost a risky hire. I, I think he is in a in a very weird way. Is his, is his coaching ability falling off in the last several years? Does he have diminishing skills as a coach? Well, is that what you're asking? And Andy, you tell me. Does he? He lost Tom Brady. They weren't that good. He also had major major injuries on his defense, and it looked like it was going to be a pretty good defense. But they had a lot of them. They they lost like their top four cornerbacks. That's not good. And then their offense was awful. You know that that was the that was the real kick in the shorts. And I I just wonder, you know, 
I don't think Bill is in a power, a position to walk in and say, hi, I'm Bill Belichick. Where's my desk? I think he's honestly going to have to be in the right spot and the, for the right owner and the right owner. Who's either willing to turn it over to bill or convince bill to do it their organizational way and let bill coach the team. You know? No, I know exactly what you're saying. And then when we talk about, so now it sounds like he's doing a second interview with Atlanta. And Bill can always say, you know what? This does. That's not the structure I'm looking for. Thank you. Because he doesn't need to work. I'll be honest. I'm ready to see him on TV weekly. And I want to see the personality that we never saw as a head coach. Because we all know it's there. Jeff, you yeah. know it's there. I know it's there. I think about how many times they've talked to him about um, about things that are non-football related. And you, I'm just fascinated by his wealth of knowledge, in, especially in, yeah. history and war and things like that. In very limited personal dealings with him, and we've both had very limited personal dealings with him, he was terrific and showed a lot more personality than he ever showed, you know, shows in a press conference or something like that. But he's, he's just, you know, he's not a real personable guy. But I, Andy, I, I don't think Bill is suddenly a stupid football coach. No, I don't either. I, I think he's still a brilliant football coach. And in the right situation, he could do good things. With the right talent. Andrew in Lakewood. Hi, Andrew. Hey, guys. I, you know, I've been listening to you talk about this, and, and this might just be completely out of the question. I don't know where the guy is, but, it, you know, as you mentioned, he's, he's older now. I mean, would he be equipped with at this point in his in his coaching career to maybe take a a role as a coordinator with a team that has a shot to get another ring? Um, I can't see it. it would be yeah, Andrew, can you see that? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, okay, it's kind of out there, but right. Um, I don't know. I just want to get your feedback on that. Well, I mean, if he did, it'd probably be as a defensive coordinator, right, Andrew? Thank and Andrew, thank you. Right, I, uh, I mean, Andy, I can't yeah, see him can't doing see this him at all. It. Like. Even even muttering the words that oh. you know he Andrew, it's a real fair it's court. a real fair question, but can you imagine Bill answering to anybody other than the owner of a team? I mean, even if he goes in where there's already a general manager in place, Andy, you can be sure the structure won't be Bill's answering to the general manager. The structure will be the general manager answers to the owner and Bill answers to the owner, and they're a they're a big triangle of fun. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of his disciples that are out there. I'm just looking. How many of those guys would want him on their staff? You know, he, like, he's not going to be in a no. Just forget that. Yeah, no, that's not happening. No, no, I can't see that at all. Um, the other thing I want to talk about with head coach: Were you surprised what happened in Dallas? No, I. I mean, I it looked give, like for give, a second McCarthy was gone, and then all of a sudden, boop, back. I give Jerry Jones credit. You know, Jerry's Jerry's the most egotistical owner I think I've ever seen in any sport. At least he's up there. Mark Cuban, front and center in Dallas. Mark's smart enough to know when to bail. <laughs> right. You're going to pay me how much? <laughs> and I'm still going to – I'm running the – great, thanks. Let me have my money. Beautiful. But Mike McCarthy won 12 games each of the last three years. That's That's not easy. And I know they have talent, but remember all those years with Jason Garrett when they were around 500 and they weren't doing their thing? Yes. The, the Cowboys, Jerry backed off, took some time, 
And they released a statement and said, we think we're really close to where we want to be. I agree with them. I mean, they've got some real talent. And they were 12-5 and five, three straight years. Andy, it's, I think it's, again, I think you go, you go big time in the regular season, and then you take your shot in the playoffs. You know? Could you see Garrett coming back? I thought about that. I was listening to him do a game, and I was one, and I was like, I wonder if he ever wants to get back on the sidelines. Well, he was with the Giants, remember? And then he was the offensive coordinator in New York. And that must not have worked out. Yeah, he'd have to work his way back in. I I, and, I I don't know if yeah, I don't know if Jason wants to be a head coach again. He does a nice job on TV. Easier gig than coaching. I, and then the other question too is where does Vrabel end up? And does Harbaugh end up leaving? Like I think like every time I hear Harbaugh's name for an NFL job, I think he's just posturing to make sure to that go back con- to Michigan. Yeah, and- that his contract at Michigan just gets even uh, tighter, and that he does have clauses out the, the like NCAA clauses about being investigated and all those things that he's he cannot be fired for any of that stuff. I don't blame him for that either. Because, I don't either because this this is probably Jim's best. I won't say last. His best chance to cash in big if he wants to go to the NFL. Hey, I won a national championship. You saw my team. Right. Let's go. You you want me? Write me a big check. And he also and secure it. And that gives him leverage back at Michigan too. And I would do the same thing. In in, in this day and age where we have coaches saying we need, you know, I need an ex, an extra thirteen million in NIL to go get players, as Ryan Day did. Right. The fact that unless our Unless what's going on at Michigan is unscrupulous, how are you gonna how are you gonna suspend a coach for doing some kind of recruiting violation when you're paying players millions of dollars? I mean, it's it, does that sound as absurd to you as it as it sounds to me? Yes, it does. Okay, it all sounds absurd. It just it, to me, it just sounds. It's like, hey guys, you threw everything out the window with nil. And now you have NIL departments where schools are paying guys millions of dollars. And you're going to – he's in trouble for what? Now, the stealing of the, you know, the signs and Science all that stuff, yeah. that's a little different. That's a little competitive advantage stuff. But if – I don't know how you find any coach guilty of any kind of recruiting violation. Well, we, we, we bribed the guy. Yeah, okay, that's legal now. What else? Right. What's left? What else? Well, there are rules to it. Jeff. Yeah, great, yeah. great. So if Harbaugh though ended up in the NFL, what fit? Could you see him landing on one of these things? And and obviously, Chargers seem the to Chargers... be the team that keeps coming back. Yeah. You know, I think I don't see he, him with the Raiders. His brother's in Baltimore. Right. How about Washington. It's a lot of Harbaugh's in a very square. It sure area. is. Yeah. But they're in different different conferences. I can see it. I can I, I, I can see Washington. I, I see him in. And Josh Harris can write big checks. Yeah, I just wonder at what point do they do that? Do they start making a run at those guys? I, it's interesting. All right, let's talk about the Browns. So obviously they're looking for a new offensive coordinator, but the head coach is going to stay the same. So what does that mean for the Browns offense moving forward? And what do you want it to look like moving forward that you need to change from what we saw this year, even with the limited time that we saw Deshaun Watson? What does it need to look like? Next year, 216-474-0092 or uh, on X at CLE Talking Hits. 216-474-0092, as Jeff said. Um, I want to get to this uh, thought of what do you want the Browns offense to look like 
uh, moving forward when they, you know, they bring in the next offensive coordinator. If that makes a difference, I like, I don't even know that the offensive coordinator matters. If Kevin Stefanski is your head coach, does the offensive coordinator matter? Is, is Kevin drawing up the offense? I, it feels that way, doesn't it? I thought it was really interesting. Really early in the show when Andrew Siciliano ran off, read off the laundry list of former Rams offensive coordinators under Sean McVay who did not call plays. And did we ever hear any of them, you know, weren't doing their job or anything? You know, not that we, ne- we never heard that about Alex Van Pelt, but McVay's calling all the plays. You ever hear, hey, you know, Matt LaFleur should be calling the plays. Kevin O'Connell should be calling all the plays. No, and as as Andrew pointed out, they all got gigs. Yeah, no, they did. You're right. I just when we talk about the offense next year, obviously it's it's Deshaun Watson. Okay, so what does this offense need to look like next year? Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? I'm not looking at you like you're crazy. Okay. I think you've posed a really good question. Okay, so it, it it's Deshaun Watson, and what is this going to look like? And I'm going to preface everything by saying. They better have a good backup quarterback because I still don't know what Deshaun's going to look like yeah. when the season starts. He's injured. We're assuming that he's okay. I'm Andy. I'm assuming he's okay. I, I, guys, I'm hoping. He, guys I'm heal hoping up he is. From, yeah, guys heal up from shoulders stuff. But everybody's different. You never know. Just like every concussion right, is different. Let me, let me throw this. One Everything out. heals differently. I want the offense to look like what it looked like when Nick Chubb was healthy. And you had a healthy offensive line because I thought it was a really nice balance. You know, you you knew you had the hammer in Nick Chubb. I don't think you have the hammer without him. I think you had to do running back by committee, which they did just fine until your offensive line was completely decimated. I want that offense with a little bit of Flacco mixed in. I thought they threw the ball downfield really well with Flacco. Now they went away from the running game. If you can get Deshaun to maybe play under center a little bit more to set up a little more play-action pass, set up some stuff for more downfield shots with that play-action pass, Mm -hmm. I think you might have something. Are you describing week one, Jeff, with Deshaun Watson at the helm and Nick Chubb being able to run? And you had a healthy offensive line for the most part. Oh, I don't know if it's week one. I, I it just, feels like it. Like everything well, you said made me think. Okay, when did we have that? We had but, that. But well, we a didn't really bit in the beginning of the Pittsburgh. Yeah, we, we might not have gotten a great look at the offense. You know, in that game, you, you need more than one game. But but you know what I'm saying? The offense looked really sweet with Flacco throwing the ball downfield, but the running game wasn't quite as good. You still had the threat of play. You know, with play action, which helped set up the passing game a lot. And they had a couple of decent running games when Flacco was here. But the running game wasn't quite what it was. Flacco also wasn't sacked a lot. You know? Especially when you think of the outside guys were not regular starters. They weren't even the second stringers. No. And so if if you can coach up Deshaun to maybe be under center a little bit more, use a little bit more play action, and get rid of the ball a little more quickly. You can't get sacked if you don't hang on to the ball. Not very often. No. I, I and, and take a look at what CJ Stroud did. Boom. Decision. But don't gone. we don't we want to, we want Lamar Jackson, right? Isn't that we want all of the great aspects of him to 
emulate. Who's become Deshaun a better Watson. passer than you think he is? Yeah, I like. I I can't wait to watch him play this week. See what I, saying, I, I don't want off. Lamar Jackson. I don't want Deshaun running as much. You know why? I don't think Deshaun is quite as big and strong as Lamar Jackson. Lamar can absorb hits. Josh Allen can absorb hits. I don't want to see Deshaun Watson absorb hits. I just want to see a little more play action. I want to see a little more downfield passing. And I want to see that running game. Teams teams have had great success in the NFL recently by running the football and running it pretty well. You know, San Francisco's the poster child for that, but they're not alone. Kansas City runs it better than you think, but they they run a fleet of running backs at you. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Pacheco has been really good as the starter. Jarek McKinnon, they they use a bunch of guys. And if Nick's not going to be back at the beginning of the season, and I can't imagine that he would be, I would think you're going to add another running back. Maybe just hang out to Kareem back. Can you hang out to Kareem for another year? I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you? I mean, he did everything you asked him to do without complaining this year. He came back. I know he did. I don't think he was in football. There's a reason they let him go in the first place. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know what that is. I'm hoping that those uh, those things may be cleared up to get him back next season. I I mentioned this. I think it was. You want Pierre Strong back too, right? I like Pierre. I'd like I know to, you do. I'd like to see Pierre get some carries. I, I'm in a, I'm going to the Jeff Phelps school on this just really quick. They have to get another wide receiver. They have to. Maybe yep. maybe even two, Andy. Maybe two. I'll buy in. I, look, the only thing I know for sure is Amari Cooper. You, I could give or take. Amari's I, I, really good. I, I mean, I know that they they want to see more out of Cedric Tillman. They're not going to let him go because they drafted him. But and and Andy, he's intriguing. He is. I I love his build. I love his speed. I I, I want to see more out of him. But you you gotta if you're gonna have a, a quarterback that you're paying all this money to, you better give him some weapons. Got to give him weapons. Well, I want to see, especially if you're going to move away from your tight ends coach. What are you thinking at tight end now? Because David Njoku is your, basically your leading receiver. It's him and Amari. So there's your two receivers. Mm-hmm. But you need another wide receiver. And I don't know where they are with David Bell right now. You might be feeling better about the way he played in the last two games, even in the playoff game. And maybe that was an opportunity they just never gave to him. Or maybe Joe Flacco was able to find him. You know what? You weren't, you weren't here on Monday. We did some, we did some wide receiver stuff where we were talking about this. And I, and I went through and I said, the one thing that I that stuck with me about what we saw over the weekend was how Houston used a variety of, of weapons. And, and they were even missing Tank Dell from injury. But how the Packers really used just a fleet of good young wide receivers. And But isn't that what Joe Flacco did here? It was seven, eight, nine receivers every game, maybe even up to 10 different guys getting targeted. Yeah. Like that was a difference for Flacco than what we've seen all season. I I just still don't think our guys were overly impactful. I mean, just because you're catching a pass doesn't mean you're making a huge impact. And I I know that might sound counterproductive or counterintuitive, but okay, you caught a pass. That's a that's a nice gain, fine. And and you want to move the ball down the field. I want guys who can make plays, man. And the Packers just kept rolling out these guys who were making plays. Andy, the, the numbers we had were silly 
about about the wide receivers in Green Bay. I think Green Bay wide receivers had 27 touchdown catches this year. 27. And the Browns had 10. We have two guys that can make plays. Amari Cooper and David Njoku. And Nick Chubb when he was here. Yeah, when he can play. I'm saying throughout the season this year. Correct. Like, I, if we need I, a I big think, I like. I wanted to see Marquise Goodwin make a big play. I want him to be a part of that. You know I wanted David Bell to be there. Um, and Elijah Moore, I wanted all those guys. But, like, we never got it. Yeah. We sat and waited. And then finally, when they bring Flacco in, you got to throw the ball over 40 times a game to get that kind of output on a big measure, but not the impact plays that we had talked about with Cooper and Ninjoku. But I, those guys are able to do that. I wonder about Kareem. And I, I threw this out yesterday or the day before when, when you were here. He averaged only three yards a carry. I I haven't done the the digging to figure out exactly how many situations he was in where he was given the ball. Hey, it's third and one. You know, okay, that's a, my, that was my first thought when you said that. Yeah, I I I have to think that that killed his rushing average because he was the guy they used in all of those short yardage situ- situations. And I just, I wonder what kind of burst Kareem has left. We saw some of it, you know, and I I just, I get the feel, Andy, that they're going to go young at running back. They might draft another guy. Do they really like Jerome Ford? You know, Jerome had, Jerome had a couple of big plays. Do they think Jerome's the guy? Also, you're going to have a new running backs coach. I would guess you're going to get, some input from the new running backs coach after he's looked at tape of these guys, after he's already seen, you know, what's what, what he knows about the guys who are here already. And you're going to follow some of that input. And if, if he says, I, I got Jerome Ford, I can coach him up. I want Kareem back. Boy, I, you didn't use Pierre strong nearly enough. You know, if, if that's the way he were to feel, I would think that that might play into what happens at running back this off season to some extent. Not a great extent. Andrew Barry's still going to make those calls. Yeah, it's funny because I'm just kind of looking at Kareem's carries per down. I I, I got to double check this to make sure this is right before I start spitting it out on the air. But it um, it's interesting if this is correct, and we'll talk about that coming up here in a couple seconds too. Because I, I like I'd like to see Kareem come back. I just the thing that I love about Kareem Hunt, you love because he's local, and you love because he tries hard. I mean, he plays well, it's not that, hard. It's that when you need one yard. Or you need two yards. He gets it. He falls forward all the time. He goes forward. And I, I know it might sound super simple. And you'd be like, oh, well, how many guys are trying to cut back or go a different way or miss the hole or do that? That's Kareem almost always falls forward. And that's the reason I like him. And whether they want to keep him as a third down back or or keep him at all. Like, I wonder... What, how the relationship grew and built as the season went on because obviously they weren't on good terms. He would have been here in the beginning of the season if they were. Okay? So now, flash forward, he's working out at, at Willoughby South, and they're like, oh, we're, I mean, we got to bring somebody in. We have to. Like, the, the Browns looked desperate at that point, and Kareem was the perfect option for what they needed. We just – I just – They needed a back. He was here. He knew the system. And he knew it. And he gave but them what I think – they got rid of him beforehand. I – we can't ignore that. No, we can't. All right, so what do the Browns need on offense? What do you want to see the offense look like next year? I want to talk about that. We're also going to dive into the games this weekend, too, so I'm looking forward to that. The number, 216-474-0092. Baskin and Phelps, 92.3, the fan. Basically, the offense they rolled out this year, when you had Nick Chubb, you had that hammer of a running back. 
and Deshaun Watson was healthy and you had an offensive line mixed in with some Joe Flacco stuff. In other words, throwing the ball downfield, maybe Deshaun being under center a little bit more. Maybe. Maybe you have to have a conversation with Deshaun. Hey, more play action sets it up for your passing game. Deshaun can throw the ball deep. Yeah, I just I want to see Deshaun make some decisions and where it, he can live to see the next play. And I think, he, yep, he needs to get rid of the ball a little bit more yeah, quickly. Yeah, there are just too many times where I'm watching. I'm like, uh, uh, okay, oh, oh, okay, yeah. oh, wow, he avoided that. Oh, uh, oh, no. Then we take the sack. Because at some point, your offensive line just it, it can't hold as long as you want it to, and especially when you're working with backups. So, I, I mean, one, I, I you know, I want to see a healthy offensive line. Two, I, I need to see another receiver. I need somebody else at wide receiver that can support the way Amari Cooper does. Um, and Amari's been special. So, you wouldn't, know, I'm hoping for that. And then also, you know, you need you need Nick back. Wouldn't it be awesome, I think, to bring in another wide receiver of the same similar caliber of Amari Cooper? Yes. And I, I wouldn't that's put it past our front office question. to get one, too. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't. It's not out of the question. I mean, there. You look around the league. There are teams that have, you know, look in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Well, T's a free agent. Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be great. What do you want this offense to look like next year? And that and doesn't even count Tyler Boyd. Lenny. Yep. Lenny is in Cleveland. Hi, Lenny. Lenny. Hey. Hey. How you doing, guys? What's up, man? Uh, I think I think you guys are missing the boat here. Talking right. about wide receivers here. Okay. Um, we we need uh, two uh, new tackles. I mean, we we last six eight games. We started with a guy who struggled last year uh, playing tackle. He struggled again when he was put in the right tackle, and then we picked up some guy uh, who was on a practice squad or got cut. Christian, and he became our left tackle. Lenny, what and we need there are there. You saw what there we need. Are the, I'm, I'm uh, cutting you off, Lenny. What we need are the tackles on the roster to be healthy. They had tackles. You know that's not going to happen. What do you mean? What, why? Dewan Jones you, is uh, done? You, gotta, you need backups. You need backup guys who are quality. We didn't okay. have any. Nate, Nate, all right. All right, Lenny. Thank you. Appreciate it. Look, right. Joe Flacco might think they were okay because he didn't get sacked very much. Hey, look. No no team is going to go to their fourth and fifth tackles and be studs. It's just not going to happen. Sorry, Lenny. You know why? Somebody else is going to pay him. That's why. I mean, if you got... You know, Jack Conklin back. If if Conklin wants to keep playing football yeah. and he comes back, Jedrick Wills and Dewan Jones, you've got one too many starting tackles. All right? You might not like James Hudson. Sorry, James is James is competent. He's a backup tackle. Well, he is for now. That's what he should be next year, too. Don't you? If you, if, if you have those guys well, back. Well, here's the thing. Um, Jaron Christian and James Hudson aren't even in the conversation for being starting tackles next year. So you, you don't need tackles. You need the guys to heal up who were your tackles. You need help because then you have three of them. You start two. Let's go to Cleveland. Mike. Hi, Mike. Baskin Phelps. So up, when, we t- when we talk about culture this year, and mm-hmm. every single game I watched, there was one part that I felt was missing. And okay. when we bring up wide receivers – he was a free agent all year, that gentleman, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I don't know that Jarvis is what he was when he left here, only because time takes away some of those things and, and you get older. But I loved Jarvis when he was here. I thought he was a – Outstanding. Yeah, and I also thought that he was a um, uh, culture changer. 
he believed when he walked in the door. And we didn't hear a whole lot of that prior to him. So I was really happy when he got here, and I, I wish we had – I'm not saying I, – I think that the team played the way that, that he did with that kind of a culture this year. Like, they they were, you know, uh, resilient. And I, I think that's one of the things that made Jarvis so special. I would have loved to have had Jarvis back here. I just don't know where he is physically in his career, Mike. That's and, and odd, Mike, that nobody picked him up. Yeah, that's – that's kind of thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, let's head out to Lake County. Tom is in there. Odd that nobody picked. I thought up. it was too. Tom, hey guys, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. We definitely need another wide receiver. Obviously, um, I mean the other the other two guys, uh, uh, Bell and um, the guy we got from the Jets, was a very di- big disappointment Moore. this year. I thought. Pleasure. Um, but with all the different quarterbacks and everything, obviously there's 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 going to be. Um, there's going to be some of that going around anyway, but the Kareem Hunt, I mean, I would bring that guy back today. Um, he's probably a bargain. Nobody wanted him last year, and he we ended up signing him for what three, four million dollars, like like a third of the way through the season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would use him a little differently. I know we used him a lot as a, almost like an extra tackle, especially the last couple of games of the season when our linemen were going down left to right. But I would line him up like a, as a flanker. You know when Chubb's in the ball game and put him out like maybe like a, almost like an extra tight end or something, and have him run out through those little, those little five yard out patterns or whatever, and, and and get him the ball in the open because I think he's dangerous. When he gets loose, I think he's kind of like Chubb a little bit. He's hard to get down once he gets into that secondary. I don't think nobody's really going to tackle him. I think he's he's off for the races. And remember, too, guys. He got a lot of touchdowns this year for somebody who didn't get a lot of carries. Yeah, nine, Every time we were in that red zone, he was big time for us. Well, it's interesting because I started looking through the numbers, nine regular season and then two in the playoff game. But, um, you know, he didn't really have any of those big runs. 16 yards was the longest all season. So Yeah, I, but know, I think I think he would be better, Andy, if yeah. he was outside. Throw him the ball, not hand it to him. I, I don't disagree. Tom, I think him. you're right. I, I agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. I'd love to see him in that role where, you know, he kind of gets that little kick of energy when he hits the corner, and we've all seen that before. We know that's what kind of made a little shake-and-bake move out there. Kareem's longest reception of the season was 13 yards. Tom, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I yeah. wonder. that That's the only thing I wonder. I don't know the answer to it. I wonder if he has the burst left that they're looking for out of the running back spot. And I, and I think that's where – they're going to evaluate that like crazy. Andy, again, money might have been part of it, but there was some other reason, too, I would think, that they didn't bring him back because the organization's never been shy about spending money. He only had 411 yards on the ground all season. I, I It felt like he had more, didn't it? Because I think he had so many important runs. You know, how many first he downs? He scored a are... lot of touchdowns. That, I mean, there's – seriously, what, what yards are great. What's it all about? Touchdowns. He was the guy who got you into the end zone. I, I would certainly bring Kareem back – if I could, and you you made some kind of a financial, you know, you came to an agreement on a contract, but I I I honestly think he's going to have to compete for a spot, and the reason why I wonder if he has the burst left. I hope he does. I think he does. I love the guy, and if he shows he has the burst, well, he'd be my guy. But I I don't know. He's twenty. He'll be twenty nine years old at the beginning of training camp. I, I mean, he was pretty much good for three yards of carry, if that's what you're looking for. You know, in, in yeah, the but, situation but that he's in, you know, aren't, aren't you looking for, you're looking for weapons, and again, I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if they think Kareem can be a weapon. I mean, he was a perfect, I don't perfect think, guy I, to bring in when Nick got hurt. Yeah, I, but I think he is a. They, they've made him into a niche running back. Like 
only well, for three, four yards. What you, what, but, what but, you but, need. But, Andy, the, the, the point here is this. Did they make him into a niche running back, or is that what he is now? And I don't, again, I don't feel like I don't he know was the that way when that. he first got here. But I felt like as Nick evolved, he they had to find something. And I don't know that he was thrilled with it at first. And then he embraced it this year because he was on the couch and they brought him in. Jim's in Strongville. Hi, Jim. Hey, Jim. Andy. Yes. Nobody, nobody else signed him. Right. That, I mean, no, nobody, they didn't make him a niche. Look, I love, I love Kareem Hunt as much as everybody else. I really do. If his name was Joe Smith from Kansas City, Missouri, we, we, you wouldn't feel this way about him. I, and I understand the hometown angle. I get, I get it. He gets us. He's one of us. Yeah, I'm not, Jim, I'm going to be honest with you. That's not my MO on this. I've got a guy that can get me when I need two or three yards that's going to fall forward and get it for me. That's, he's a guy. I don't care where he's from. That's Andy, where he's a at. Lot of guys. There's a lot of guys in the league. There's rookies that can come in the league. A lot of guys that can do this. I'm just saying when you're looking at his value – he was still available. Sure. Nobody had signed him. He might he might not have ever gotten signed this year. Hey, Joe I'm Flacco just, was available too. Right? Listen, I love Listen, I love Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco also threw like what, 150 interceptions and 90 pick sixes. Look, I get 92. it. His good overweight is bad, bad but his his good overweight is bad, but let's not let's not shut, you know, we had a lot of turnovers with him. And this so this idea about bringing him back Look, it was lightning in a bottle. It was a dream. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It's time to move on. All right. And, Jim, and Jim, Jim thank you. that might be what they think with Kareem. Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know he was talking about Flacco, most importantly at the end there. Right. And it might be a situation where they just decide, okay. Maybe he's your guys, new offensive coordinator. These guys stepped in and did a really nice job. You ready so, for that? That's what Flacco wants. I, be- I have five kids. I'm not playing anymore. I'm not going to make even a fraction of the money I used to, but I want to work those 16-hour days in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, maybe you can do it uh, at home. Maybe you can work from home. It's like being in the building. Let's not forget the Browns built a playoff contending team from home, right? Did they not? They went to the playoffs two years ago and did a lot of stuff from home, virtual practice. Greg is in North North Ridgeville. Sorry, Greg. How are you, Greg? Oh, good. Andy, Joe, Jeff, first time calling in. Just oh, want to say thank you. love your guys' show. Thanks. Appreciate you. All right. So about your topic, this is what I would do. If I was in Berea in the front office right now, sitting down, what can we do? Defense is solid. The offense. I'm going to be honest. I would do everything in my power right now to get a hold of Derrick Henry. The reason why I say that is you got Nick Chubb still coming off an of injury. Derrick Henry, a fresh place. Could you imagine that one-two punch? Uh, yeah, if you can cre- keep uh, Kareem Hunt, that'd be great. I do agree with, I believe it was Jeff saying, that we still need to get a high-priority wide receiver. Not a washed-up one, like, you know, that caller called in about Jarvis Landry. But, I mean, 17 games is a long season. I mean, to have De- Derrick Henry back there, too, oh, what a powerhouse that'd be on offense. Greg, that's been in the back of my mind for some time. He's a free agent. He's basically said goodbye to Tennessee. They're going in a different direction. They have Spears there now. Yes, I, I read I read something, best destination for Derrick Henry, Baltimore. I thought, oh, please, God, no. Don't do yeah, that. I that too. And, and I, I agree with you. I think Derrick Henry on a one-year, and he'd take it. Hey, Derrick, come on in here. We need a running back. Nick might be back this year. Be the man right. for us, would you please? 
Yeah, and even if, if Nick isn't fully back, I mean, that's just, you know, you can give him a few more weeks of rest or whatever to get acclimated back. I mean, coming off that significant injury, you know, you know, and again, you know, say if, God forbid, Nick went down again, at least you'd have Henry. I mean, the guy's a tank. I love the man Tennessee. I can only imagine him in a Browns uniform. Yep. Greg, thank you. Appreciate your phone call. All right, let's come back. All I right. want to look at some of these games coming up over the weekend um, and uh, how are you, who are you rooting for? Like, I'm looking at some of these games and I'm like, ah, Maybe you tell me. You tell me. 216 474 0092. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beauty Rest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.